0: Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. With every conversation, we hope to inspire as many as possible to keep on dungeon
1: mastering. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Joke maniac and today we are going to be talking about weaving threads in and out of our stories and trying to have continued conversations about some of the best ways to do that. And today our guest is going to be none other than Dominic Tuttle, a longtime listener and someone who's doing some really interesting things, including being the voiceover director for a new app called Modern Sam. And You'll hear more about that soon enough. And it's been far too long since I've said this, but patrons, keep your eyes out for a a new release. I've been behind the scenes trying to work on some things that I think you, our patrons, would enjoy. And this time around, I have made a custom monster entitled the Draco Troll. It's not a great name, I'm gonna be honest, but it is exactly what it says. It's the combination of a black dragon and a troll that you can use at your games. And like I said, keep an eye out for that and more monsters and other things on the way. But rather than keep going, let's head to the meat.
0: I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The like meat back on the menu, boys.
1: Today for the meat, we have a special guest because all of them are special. And today we have Dominic Tuttle, a full-time youth pastor, because we don't have enough on the pod as it is. Um, a part-time trivia host and writer and voice over director for a new app called Modern Sam. And we'll probably find more find out more about that soon enough. But Dominic, thanks for
2: coming on. Oh, it is a joy and a pleasure. I've been listening to the sultry <laughs> sounds of your voices long enough. I figured I needed to throw mine in the mix if any way I could.
1: Love it. It just made me think of like how other people could do it. Just just a chorus of different random <laughs> things. But <clears throat> we won't do that. So <clears throat> then as you well know, we have a little bit of an interview section. Um, so is there something that you can tell us about yourself that you think our listeners would be interested in?
2: um let's see i once rode in a million dollar vehicle with santa claus while i was dressed as a giant blue dog
0: that is very odd i'll just say that it's very i mean it kind of reminds me of the um what was a movie back in the day with the guy uh malcolm in the middle guy what was his name the the kid frankie Frankie what was the one where he rode in the car he's like the the oh they said that um, i was like the yeah they said that no it was the it was the one where Uh, my big fat liar. I think is what it was. Where the tow truck driver's like, they told me I was picking up a little blue car, not a little blue man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that movie. It's a weird movie that pops in my head
0: from time to time. That's a weird movie. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I don't know why. So, so you drove in a million. You rode in a million dollar car. Uh, No, no, I rode. It was um, it was a fire. It was a fire truck. Yep. That okay. All right. Yep. That clarified. (laughs) I was like, Mm -hmm, Are you driving in like a McLaren? What uh, are you driving in, man?
2: I wish no. I was I was when I was a teenager. I was employed as a, the, a mascot for a local local shopping mall. So I was a big blue dog, and it was the day Santa came to the mall.
0: Which makes me wonder: How do people come up with mascots? That the mall mascot was a big blue dog, and not like something awesome. It was a whole
2: program. Like there were multiple shopping malls across America that bought into this kids club program, and you get a crate, and it's got the suit in it. And uh, it was a great gig, got to admit.
0: I mean, you got to ride in a million dollar car. So, you know, or vehicle, vehicle. And I vehicle, got a good story. Vehicle, That's true, that's but- true, yeah. Oh man, okay, so back to the podcast. As much fun as it is to talk about million dollar vehicles and stuff. Is there anything that you are working on, and we always have to say this as a caveat, as you know, that you can talk about?
2: Yes, um, so as uh, Neil Uh, so kindly introduced me at the beginning, Um, I've uh, taken on a bit of work uh, for an app called Modern Sam. The brains behind it, a guy named, just referred to as Ryan, um, he discovered as an adult, he was diagnosed with ADHD and realized that a lot of his coping mechanisms were actual tools to getting stuff done, navigating life. And with his, through his love of fantasy, the fantasy genre, Lord of the Rings, and playing games, he had the idea to gamify, uh, getting stuff done, taking care of yourself, all the things that you can forget to do. So I've uh, come on board to uh, help with the story writing and drawing on some of my DMing background there. And uh, having done some voice acting in the past and worked with that, I am also taking on the role of coordinating and directing all the voices in the app.
0: That's super cool. I was just looking at the the webpage for it. And so this was on Kickstarter at one point. It looks like right and had 640 backers.
2: It looks really cool. I mean this I mean that's super fun. It's a great it's a great idea. It really captures a lot of the for those of us who've been on the internet a little bit longer and remember all of the old yeah, you know, the quizzes you would take and be like, "Oh, which thing are you of this?" What's which superhero? Which there's little elements of that that uh, he's already. Which Wolverine Harry Potter house it. are
0: you? You know, yeah. Uh,
2: it's the yeah. one
1: I thought. I was like, the ones that ruin friendships, like, <clears> oh, you're, no, a you're a Slytherin. Ooh.
0: Can't be friends with you, but that's just because Gryffindors are arrogant. So let's be real.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm a Hufflepuff. So,
0: <laughs> so you're like, hey, I just and want I'm a Slytherin, be, Slytherin slash Ravenclaw. Along. So you're probably like, no, no, like don't don't sure. hate on Gryffindor. Like let's just be friends. It's let's fine. Hufflepuffs are the Enneagram Let's be real let's be
2: real. I'm going to go bake some, bake some cinnamon <laughs> rolls and we'll, yeah, we all be for friends. Sure. For sure. So anyways, it's a lot of fun and uh, getting to play with voices and work with people and hear all the different uh, talent that's coming in together and seeing things grow. It kills me that uh, development takes so long, but I can't develop an app. So the developers are doing the developing and the, and I'm doing what I can, but it's a lot of fun.
0: It looks super fun. I have the uh, the quiz pulled up and I will take it later because now I'm curious. So, Excellent. you know, let yep, me know how for, sure. We'll, for sure.
2: Yep. And we'll
1: have links to all of that, certainly in the show notes. And then um, you can follow up and learn more. Neil, Very what's
0: good. the surprise question? I always love these.
1: So my surprise question to you as a long time listener is, what has been your favorite surprise question that we've asked
0: again? Oh gosh, I don't, oh I don't gosh. even remember them all, Neil.
2: There's a couple that come to mind. Um, One that always comes back to me and I bring up from time to time is if you could have any cantrip in real life, because I would love prestidigitation. It's so versatile. Just to clean things up. Everything else, I'm sure I would find other use, but just so, you know, your pets don't quite make it outside in time, prestidigitation. Your kids get a little sick over the holidays like-minded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pressed the digitation. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so that's me. That or I've always thought
0: mending would be a good one too. That, that would, would be, be helpful. super helpful. Like ha-
2: cracks in your foundation, mending. Someone bumped into you into your car. It's all right. Mending.
0: Yeah. Those two I've always thought are fantastic for uh, cantrip spells.
2: That would be super. Useful now I'm
0: making too. you rethink, aren't I? No, I'm just kidding. Cantrips. I mean, cantrips are a dime a dozen. You could just go learn real quick a new one and be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. But that but this is also my thought. It's the same thing I think of like when you get a like a higher level spell, the likelihood that you become the impetus for war and other things like that because you have this ability if no one else does. I feel like it's the same about cantrips. Do you if I could literally mend anything, I can either leverage that to just have like a corner store that nobody knows that's what I do in the in like the, in the back. back. <laughs> but I could also leverage it to be like, oh. Um, this one of a kind piece, uh, that is priceless. I'm the person that can fix it,
2: right? You think a work of art, perhaps, could be restored, or an integral piece of uh, a bridge? Yeah. Instead of needing to close everything and put, you know, block it all off. Oh, what if they put me in space? Because they're like, oh, that satellite that we
1: set up 50 years ago is broken. No one even knows what to do now. You. You don't have to to create.
0: Yeah, they don't like that's. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like. Literally it would be yeah. so like after a small investment into like two lodestones, which is like the the material component, like I mean, you just start a business and you can repair just about anything super quick. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't require you to like get all cut up and all of that sort of stuff that comes with regular construction work. You just get to fix it. I also
1: it. like that it's just like, what do you need? I got my I two
0: got, stones got lodestones That's all right I need. here. <laughs>
2: Where's where's your where's your tool belt? Okay, I'm, you're forgetting that the, this is the yes. real
0: world. <laughs> yeah, your tool belt is just like lodestone holsters. That's it.
2: <laughs> holsters. <laughs> <and
0: little pouches.
1: laughs> uh, oh great. no! So now that we have that, and we, I feel like we've already started to delve a little bit into the topic by creating <laughs> some absolutely wild story threads there. Um, but
0: mm, my next my next character is going to be that he's going to want to open uh, a construction I'd store love. when he when he retires. <laughs> <laughs> the Mender. Um, but,
1: so one of the things is, on today is we're going to be talking about weaving story threads together because what we just did is, I feel like, fairly typical for most tables. Um, that something kind of gets talked about wild out of hand, but the only reason we brought it up is because it's what we were thinking and there is some kernel of truth that this may be the thing that I really actually do want to see at the table. Um, so we are going to be talking about weaving threads and possibly talking a little bit about ones to leave aside or even cut off, those kind of things. But question I have for you first is what drew you to this topic to be the one that you wanted to discuss?
2: One of my favorite things in DMing is planting those little seeds. It's, I'm going to There are so many times where I have just dropped things in with no idea of what it's going to be in the future. Uh, Simply because it would be interesting in the moment. We've all had those players who they're in a shop and the wizard is like, I cast detect magic. And they're like, you know, they want to find whatever the magical item is. And so sure, you know what? You find uh, an interesting little figurine carved into a spiral. Uh, It appears to be made out of stone and it's giving off a faint aura of just enchantment or pick any of the schools of magic or something like that. And they're like, well, okay. And then they cast identify on it. It's somehow shielded from that. It appears as this. So now you've got something that is magic, but they don't know what it is. And I can forget about it for a couple months. And suddenly they're halfway around the world in a dungeon somewhere and they find a wall of matching material, the same white marble, or perhaps, with a similar shape to it. And I just got to keep dropping hints until eventually the wizard is like, "Oh, idea." And it fits in. And now they've got this thread connecting around the world, and they have to figure out, how did this thing end up over there? Why is it what we need here?" And they start formulating theories, and all they're doing is planting more seeds. Of which then you can take
0: as a DM and be like, oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) That one, and we're going to
2: pull that thread, and we're going to draw that over here. It's, there have been so many times uh, in my year, in all all the years of, I'll be honest, I've only been been DMing for about four or five years now, but I've been essentially been playing tabletop RPGs since I was five. Just learned rules recently. Um, We're still all learning. We're all learning now, still. Yeah, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a rules expert in one of my games that I'm like, uh, Matt, how does this work? What is, what is this? He's like, ah, oh, he's got it all in his head. Anyways, I've dropped so many things not knowing what they'd be in the future. And it's something that I think is a really valuable tool for any storyteller, much less a DM, to not always assume that you have to have a full thought-out plan, for every single item of like, oh, this will be the MacGuffin here. And this will be maybe, maybe not, maybe it's still just a thing. And then later on, that thing can take on more significance when you find something that fits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, those moments when like, what it really comes down to is just like, what I've found is like, it just takes a little bit of extra thought to do something like that. And half the time it comes up on with improv anyways, to begin with, but like, It's, yeah, like you said, it's that one little thing. Like, I'm in the store. I want to cast Locate Object or something like that or um, Detect Magic, like, super easy. Or, like, you can do that with NPCs. Like, give the NPC one weird thing about them Mm -hmm. and let it run wild. Like, we had uh, some players who... Long story short, they went back in time. Now they're forward in time and a lot has changed and they met somebody in the shadow uh, fell and I created this thing like shadow sickness like that. Somebody has and it starts to like mm. take over part of her body and they like are freaking out. Like, is this going to cause her to be evil? Is it just something that's she's just going to have to deal with part of her skin becoming dark purple? And I haven't told them they haven't figured it out yet. It, But it keeps growing on her for whatever reason, you know,
2: and like they have no idea. Will she need some type of cure? Are they going to have to head off now to find the one person who knows how to cure fix this or so many different ways you could take that?
0: Yep. And it's like and, and it's funny just like watching players try and connect dots from things, I think, is like the fun part of planting seeds, like when it's like this thing over here. Is this related to this? Like we all get our conspiracy hats on when we play D and little bit, right? Like trying to figure it all out, and it's so much fun. It's the best.
2: And if you're if you're doing if you're doing purely homebrew and you build your own pantheon, now all of a sudden it's all right. Are we connect? Is this connected to this deity over here? Is that is this some type of uh, celestial impact, or is it some type of infernal, or is it some type of fae, or is it some type of shadow? <laughs> You get all the and I directions.
0: guarantee every DM has this weird little curly smile that comes on their face when everybody starts to pick up on or starts to formulate things or whatever and it's so fun it's the best
1: well I think it's like you you both kind of mentioned now like you've put that thread down because th- that's kind of the back and forth of it is it a thread that I've added I mean part Of me wants to wonder how far I want to go with the analogy of thread, um, <laughs> while weaving this bold tapestry, um, at the, ta- at the table of our lives. No, but the idea that, like, if it's something that I've added, opposed to something that they've added, um, and figuring out how that back and forth goes because it it it, it goes both ways in the sense that if they've laid a thread that I'm not that interested in, I I have to weigh it back and forth to also decide is, is uninterested as I may be. How interested are they as the party or that individual player? Because then I need to still showcase that to some degree in the same light that I could do the shadow sickness as, as the example that we have to work with. And maybe only that player cares. So is it something that I do in between sessions? Because it's still an important thread. Certainly, (laughs) certainly. um, Or I could just, Kill the, kill the player character and show it just how important it was. Yeah. No. But the idea that, like, is it only for them? Is it for the whole table? But, yeah, also figuring out where to weave that in back and forth, I think is really is also the hardest part, certainly about the whole process is who does this thread matter to and how can I focus on the people that it matters most to?
0: Yeah, I think like some really simple ways to create threads for people is like if you have NPCs, who players have gotten to know and know them one way or know them physically one way or something like that just change something like next time they come up like mention that the the npc is now walking with a limp like hmm. something small like that is now like i wonder what happened there and then they ask and it's like oh well my shop was robbed you know or like It could be something as mundane as like, I tripped in a pothole, (laughs) you know, like just something, something weird that like is, and it's, and it's just like tweak something very little. Like the next time you're walking down the main street, like there was this pub that was called the fat wizard or something like that. And now it's the snotty lemon, you know, like, huh? wonder, I wonder what happened there. Like, that's interesting. Why did that change? Or you have a new person working behind the bar at your favorite pub. Like those sorts of things are just, they're super simple and just keeps it,
2: keeps it fresh. And the fact that the DM is mentioning it draws attention to it with, I love that you don't have to put in like, and you notice that where the usual person is, is standing in there. You don't really like, oh, and instead of that person, you just offhandedly drop that in. Yeah, you walk into the inn that you
0: stay in, and now, hi, I'm I'm Betty, your concierge host here, instead of Steve, who normally is there, right? Like, Steve. where's where's Steve?
2: <laughs> you also get that with uh, the almost the inverse of that because we think of NPCs in general, and that 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 would certainly get my players paranoid of like, wait, he's limping, has he been injured? What has he been up to? And they start. We've had contact
0: magically. with him. Did somebody come and visit him? Who? We knew or, or made angry.
2: Right. Are we being followed? Who knows what's going on there? Is he secretly like the big bad guy? I have players who will honestly (laughs) ask that of every character. Wait, is this the big bad guy? And they're like, no, but I love like put from the very beginning having NPCs that the players have built in backstory, not liking, Mm. like all of them didn't like them anyways. That is a thread that I have pulled on and now they're fighting. (laughs) Yeah, we've been running one of my campaigns has been this current one campaign has been running for almost two and a half years. And just now the, 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 the PCs are getting back to their starting town where the two NPCs they don't like or didn't like at the beginning have taken over. And now that has been the thread that has drawn them all the way back home. And let me introduce all kinds of change into their hometown. Like this has changed and this has changed. And they're like, what is going on? And and they're like framing people and trying to plant stuff to discredit that like they went all out. And then it just, they ended up in a great big fight. And just pulling on those threads of the bad guys. And they weren't even bad guys. They were just slightly antagonistic NPCs mm-hmm. who have become the bad yeah. guys. Because at the time, it made sense.
0: Yeah. Like I think of... I think of patrons too. If you have like warlocks, like mm. Ooh, so yes. many easy ways to drop in, like patrons always want your players to do something always. Mm-hmm. And so is it like asking your players to sneak off at night somewhere to go do something or plant something somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then they come back, you have an aside with that player or whatever, you send all the other players into the other room and then they come back with a limp or something else. It's like, huh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, there's, I mean, it, it does, I think allow you when you think about your players, when you listen to your players interests, there are ways in which you can put little nuggets along the way. Like if you have somebody, if you have a character who loves to cook and you say you Mm -hmm. walk past this baker and you smell the most delicious cinnamon rolls that you've ever smelled, like that's a little bit of a thread that now you could enter into that store. Right. And, Mm-hmm. Who knows where that'll take you? You may find out that right. that Baker is fantastic, but has a ton of debt and actually is his family has been taken like whatever, whatever it might be. I mean, listening to your players, like your players will give you a lot. Yeah, for sure. And your players will give you a lot of those cues. Be- having them write a backstory is huge for things like that. Like ha- asking questions of like, what's your player interest or what's your character interested in? What's their likes? What's their dislikes? Like trying to weave those sorts of things. in even from the beginning, can help you like Mm -hmm. six months down the road where it's like, oh yeah, I can go back and look at my player's story and I want to intentionally put some of those things in next time we play and it'll re-engage your players over and over again. I think that's the beauty of like threads like that.
2: Yeah, you plant the seeds, you start pulling out those threads to see where they'll go. And then the joy of being the DM is getting to look back over your notes and say like, oh yeah, there's this thing now would be a perfect time to reference that or have a couple of guards walk past talking about how uh, the local mayor is desperately searching for this thing. And then the players realize, oh, we picked that up in the woods (laughs) a a week or two ago. You know, it's the different things because now they're interested in the town. While they couldn't have cared about the mayor, that's just people refer to the mayor. Now the mayor wants something that they have. Mm -hmm. They've got a connection and the thread is drawn yeah. on. And I've,
0: you know, one of the things that I've, I've done in the past too, is like, I, there are a lot of things that I come up with on the fly. Um, I think as most DMS do, and I am not the greatest note taker in the world when I'm writing. Cause I just want to be like, so Ooh, in the moment, preach. but like, I have players that take notes about everything. And so like, I just have access to two of the players, like running Google doc stuff that they have. And I just go back and they like organize it and like, we should follow up on this. And like, so on and so forth, I'm like, Sweet. This is super helpful because it it shows me too. It shows me too what they're interested in and what things like without actually pausing in the game to say, okay, what is it that you guys want to do next? And having that kind of like awkward moment, like I can just look and help direct the story narratively, even from the get go, just by saying they're interested in this thing. They're interested in this thing. There's a reason it's on their list. It's a reason that it's at the top of things that they want to go after and explore And that's been gold. I mean, just asking to see my players notes, because a lot of players do take notes, but even just to like see their notes or ask them to like go back through their notes and say like, hey, what are the things that like your character is mulling over, like even trying to get them back into character out of game to say, hey, look back over your notes. What are the things that are still standing out to you? What loose ends? Because we all also all forget things, too, even though they're in our notes. But like that could be really helpful for a DM, too, to just like ask your players for their notes or to summarize their notes or what loose threads do they still, are they interested in pursuing? And those things could be, really they've been really helpful for me.
1: I know you weren't going to say it, but I wanted you to say that you go into the Google talk and adjust things <laughs> and change and add. Oh, I know that's not great. what you are going now, to say. I mean, you certainly could. Now Alan and Brian I mean, are going to change it, it
0: from editor to viewer only.
1: Well, I mean, If you could do a comment thing, that I mean, that could I mean, honestly, it could be an interesting way to give information to an individual player if they are invested to comment on things and you know let them know that it was you that adjusted it or to
0: update things based on like maybe they wrote something down wrong or you know
1: yeah the other thing that we had talked about a little bit is of course kind of getting rid of threads potentially I can think of a few times where something happened to a player's character and they weren't a huge fan of it. Um, so it's really figuring out how to either tie that up completely or it, it's rare that I'll retcon something unless someone has like a really big issue with something that happened in a story. Um, but it, that's potential um, retconning. But yeah, figuring out how to just leave that where it
2: is um, and not have it come back up depending on how an a actual player feels about what happened. And that can be tricky too because you don't want to just... I, aside from retconning, which there are times where a good, I would say a good DM, I'm not going to claim I'm the best, but I would say a good DM has to, it will have that flexibility to say, okay, yeah, I can see how this doesn't make sense or this isn't working. So guys, we're just going to retcon that. This is what happened and we'll move on and hope my, thankfully my players are all like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We're, we're fine with that, whatever. No one's like, no, this is what happened. And it is law. Mm-hmm. But, um, If you have a moment where like, okay, this isn't really connecting. No one is interested in these, these little, this particular thing. Say there's an NPC interacting who I thought was going to be the one who's going to lead them to the secret hideout. I'm throwing out stuff. Uh, You know, the, the secret entrance to the bad guys hideout. And they're just not picking that up and connecting And I don't want to hit them over the head with it. You don't want to be like, okay. And that's the way it is. Or. This has happened to your player and they are really traumatized by it, I guess. You don't just want to just drop it. You have to find that way of wrapping it up, finishing it in a, I would say, a satisfying manner. Not not like end of the story satisfying, yeah. but something that's going to feel like you didn't panic and, uh, and dropped it because it was hot.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's this side of it too, where it's like, sometimes threads go on a lot longer than, <laughs> than I think anybody anticipated them to go on for, especially I think when it, if we're, if we're not careful and I like, I love being a player. I don't get to play often. I actually really love DMing. So it's like, I get to play every character at that point, but
2: like, 100%. there's been
0: times where I was, where I was a player and I have to remember this as a DM where it's like, feel like we've been chasing after this thing or this person's been getting a lot of spotlight and we've all just kind of been like sitting here for a while as a player. And I think that's that's the space as a DM to say like maybe you make it all the way through that session and then you have a conversation with the player like hey, this is what I noticed this week or the past two weeks because we've been going on this thing is it's like feels like it's been dragging on quite a bit. Is there a way that we can either try and bring other players into it or you as a player bring other players into it or is it time to like put that to rest for a little while to say like we don't have to solve that mystery now. We don't have to keep going from cave to cave to cave to, cave to like find this artifact that's going to do this thing when we've got a whole other story that we're working on. Maybe it's time to just put that to rest for a little while and then come back to it another time, you know, because that that's the thing too, like threads, especially if they're tied to a player, can cause the spotlight to be on somebody for a lot longer than I think we thought it should have ever right. or, or longer than we ever intended it to be.
2: So let me ask you a question um, as a thought exercise. How many players are in your party? Currently, I
0: have I have seven in mine. Yeah, That's a lot. That's hardcore.
2: i am currently work. I've got six. Uh, I originally started with five. We added one and then work got busy for that one. And then another one added, Mm. so I've got the five original who've been together since the beginning. Interestingly, spread out across all five, all four time zones uh, in the continental United States. So we're all on Zoom, but uh, with the the newest, the sixth player that's come in, she doesn't have the history that the others have built up. She doesn't have all of the threads that the rest of them are weaving the rest together. Cause I've had the time to, Oh, well there's this element that we're now going to tie in over to this player to pull them in. And we're going to tie over to this player and this thread over here. And so trying to find a way now that all the players are back home in their hometown, fighting these guys who've become the bad guys. Why should she care? Why should her character be inter Why would it matter to her? And that's, Obviously, we, we don't want to have that situation as a, as the DM where our players are like, well, why should I care about this thing that you're working on the story that you're telling? All right, I'm going to put <laughs> oh, some of yeah. the work on them to care to you know. Yeah, you they're can there. find
0: a way as your player to care, but
2: yeah, and absolutely. But I also want to build into the story reasons for this new character that's joined the party recently, who's now suddenly being drawn into this conflict that she has a zero history and knowledge of why should she care there are things that i can do as the dm knowing her backstory that we've discussed are going to be things that capture her attention and pull her in specifically her part of her character's backstory was uh she was a school teacher she taught children and when they get to the town there's no children around all the children are missing they can't find any of them and she's really concerned and freaked out about this as a teacher Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and So instantly, that was a thread that pulled her character right in. And she doesn't know who these people are. She doesn't know who those people are. She knows that things are a little tense, but she's really worried about all the kids in the town because the other players told them there were children Mm -hmm. here. They they wanted to check in on one kid they had an interaction with before they left, way back at the beginning of the campaign. And so she's expecting to see children, and she sees none. That thread pulled that character in even though she didn't have the same history. Yeah,
0: it's the opposite of the Jimmy Neutron movie. It's great.
2: Where all the adults get kidnapped. <laughs> okay, now, right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I yeah. was like, what about the Jimmy Neutron? I'm working through yeah. the scenes. It's an old it's like movie. Joulons, it's a, that was a no. deep cut right
0: there. That was a deep cut.
2: Yeah. No.
1: Or the there's an episode in Young Justice where basically the magic users split the two into the adult world and the, child world. And then Billy Batson as Shazam can travel back and forth because he's a kid. Then he says Shazam and becomes an adult. That's it. the opposite was actually what I was thinking about bringing up because I have a player who's needing to step away from the campaign for now. They just have too much going on. It happens or someone moves or things change. So figuring out which threads to... I am being careful because my players listen. Um, which threads to best, lead and it? which threads to to tie up? Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. Um, to censor yourself on the podcast because you know your players are and yet to still
0: and, make it interesting for the listeners.
1: Yeah. So what? Because what do you do? Do you have them be an NPC later? Is that a positive interaction? Is that a negative interaction? Because depending on the the character that you have, you can be afforded to turn them multiple different directions. Do they become a leader of a faction that becomes super important for the players later? Do they become a leader of a faction that is opposed to the players later? So those are the things that I'm currently processing through, um, what to leave and what to pick back up. Um, In the same way that a few of my players will also change characters because it's at like a good point in the campaign and i always like offering that up that um kind of do we want to keep with these players at this level do we want to keep doing this campaign and if you don't certainly just let me know and we can switch up your character i can figure out how to fold that one in and fold the other one out so um, that's currently where i'm processing things is what threads to leave what threads to keep kind of right now and yeah. I'm not telling you which ones. I'm yeah. about.
0: Oh, you'll thank goodness. I was really worried there. You can tell second. us off air. <laughs> I can. That'll be it. no. <laughs> yeah. Pay twelve dollars for Coming a special podcast, it. and you'll get to hear it. No, I'm
2: just. Kidding. There you go. Spoilers. Spoilers on. Now that could work. Yeah, I think
0: I think threads too. Even for parties like you can. So I have, a, I have a friend of mine who's a who's a pastor, and he will joke like he will say from time to time when he's teaching he'll just like pause and he's like am i boring you (laughs) like and it's a way to like re-engage the you know the congregation but like in some ways you could like stop and like awkwardly ask your players like are you guys like are you invested in this thread like just be real awkward about it and like they'll be like oh yeah no totally we are or or, yeah not i don't really know what's happening right now like can you clarify some things like even just having that sort of like meta conversation can like help sure. get people back on track and it'll be able to tell you like, yeah, OK, they're they're invested in this and we can keep moving this way or ah, they're they're not real interested in this anymore. So let's just let's either finish it or just say like, yeah, we're not interested in this. Let's just walk away from it, you know can be super awkward but like at least you're back into something that's like interesting for your players again. The whole dungeon. Yeah, yeah we were 99 <laughs> rooms into a 120 uh, 20 room dungeon and done. Yeah, no, just, we're just not, not interested. It. We've been at this yep. for 3 years but we're Put, not interested anymore. Putting the yeah, dungeon in dungeon. We're there leaving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, see, similarly, I I work with a lot of uh teenagers and I can If you've ever taught, if you've ever been a teacher in that kind of setting, you pick up real fast when you're losing people. The great thing with young people, you just do some funny sound effects, like your Skeeter from Doug, and you pull (laughs) it right back in. It's amazing. Um, You you just got to be like, all right, I can tell you, I'm going to step away from the microphone, and I am going to say, it's kind of like, and then... (laughs) And then they said, "See, that grabbed you, and uh, you kind of pull them back in." But how then do you make that something a thread that pulls their attention? For Dm, at least me, it's mostly combat. Yeah, and the reason it's mostly combat is because I the the game has become a very role play heavy game, which all my players love, and they're heavily invested in it, and they're awesome. And there are times where I will sit back for five to 10 minutes as the party has a conversation fully in character and it's awesome and I love it. And I don't even get to have NPCs interacting with it. They're like, they're too busy working this out and I'm just back away. So, But when they're losing, they're starting to drift and the threads are kind of splaying out, if you will. For my group, combat pulls them all back in together because everyone's like, oh no, we have to do something now. We have to focus. We have to, and that's yeah. kind of like, taking up some of the slack if you will trying to keep on that thread meta- metaphor well,
0: Yeah, especially if especially if not everyone is involved in that five to ten minute conversation because i mean i've been on the flip side of those sometimes they're super interesting And sometimes it's like guys you've been talking about what you want to stink and buy at a shop for the past 10 minutes just like let's go come on you know and then a meteor mm-hmm. hits the hits the, the the store all right now I'm then, back.
2: then the, the then the shopkeeper says all right, I'm closing yeah. in two yeah, minutes. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a little bit better of an instance than a meteor hitting the store for sure. Ah. Hey.
2: But, you know, yeah. if you're trying to figure out how to destroy the town hey, anyways, you know, then. There you go. Why not now? So we're getting a little
1: closer on time, and I was wondering if there is anything that we could suggest for homework in terms of thread- <laughs> threads and how to weave them, um, other than actual instructional videos on weaving mm. things. Uh, because I often think. Sometimes this comes up and I think the answer, it almost feels like the same umbrella of like, know your players. Um What do you like when you watch media and read books? I'm sure there are threads in there that they're weaving together in a way that you enjoy. So, yeah, I don't have anything right off the top of my head. So if either of you have anything to suggest um outside of that.
2: The first one that came to mind and I feel like everyone, a lot a lot of listeners would probably be just yelling at their, whatever their device they're listening on right now, is Tolkien. Because you take The Hobbit, where Bilbo obtains that ring, and if you go back to the original publication, where it was quite an amicable, you know, he wins the ring from Gollum in the cave, and then goes away. Tolkien, re- when he wrote The Lord of the Rings, he drew on that thread. The ring, he reimagined what it could be, and he rewrote The Hobbit. You can find later at Early editions, there's zero confrontation with Gollum after that. Gollum is a little bit like, oh darn, I lost my invisibility ring and that's it. But for the rewrite of it to then, he re, dare we say it, that Tolkien himself instituted a little bit of Uh retcon. It would seem so. I know, near blasphemy, but literary history, it's true. But that was a thread that he capitalized on, and then that became integral to the later story of The Lord of the Rings for Frodo and Sam and the rest of the Fellowship.
1: Yeah, that's an, it's an interesting one. I mean, certainly it has all of its pitfalls, and, and those are well known. And if you don't know, please go do some research and find those on your own. <laughs> um, but one of the other things to think about is like looking at the appendices more specifically in those because that is that is kind of just like a threads section notes section Uh, if we're being honest like the entirety of the silmarillion it's kind of just notes that someone put together later um so they're all threads and that's why it is also sometimes difficult to read just as my notes for anyone my dm notes if someone were to stumble on those first off i write i am terrible I just have graph paper and I'm also doing like all of the other stuff on there. <laughs> and so sometimes I forget that that's where I wrote notes. <laughs> so I lose them. Um, where it's just like, I'm tracking HP on the back of this thing. I'm writing other stuff, but yeah, someone trying to decipher what my notes are. So like, yeah, looking at spaces and places, I'm trying to think of any, I'm trying to think of another author that's as open as that. I mean, if you're really into something and like, well, my next suggestion is, is, it's paramount that this be true, that you are really into it because um, I'm into certain things and I won't do this. But if you listen to the audio commentary or look at the behind the scenes for like mm. a show, some of some of those things that happen are just it's wild how something that's ad lib or it's a thread that someone else decided to pull on. Uh, I think of like the behind the scenes, the scene where Thor Hulk comes out and he's like, it's a friend from work. Or, I, like, I know him from work. That was a suggestion from a kid who was there on a Make-A-Wish day. Oh, that's cool. And the kid was just Thanks. like, just say he's a friend from work. And that was in Ragnarok, was right? That was,
0: and, was that that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When he shows up. Or, um, that's awesome. The, like, Warriors come out and play where the bottles are clinking together. 100% ad-lib. When De Niro almost gets ran over by the taxi, I'm walking here. Ad-lib. Like And so looking at like some of the behind the scenes stuff for some of your favorite media properties um, can make you realize that, oh, wow, these things are just, you know, it's kind of that same iterative process of we don't know where we're going, and especially shows that get seasons that didn't know they were going to get seasons. Yeah. Um, so like the uh, podcast that I guest on pretty much once a season is called farm to fable where it's a smallville rewatch podcast. And it's very clear that the writers (laughs) and directors were not aware that they would have a
0: 10 season. You mean, you mean teenage Superman was not supposed to go that long. Come on.
1: I really do. I mean, I think their original idea would just be those first four years of him being in high school. I don't think that they would have ever, I mean, certainly in the beginning, ever thought of anything past that. Um, (laughs) So then you're seeing things that are like really retro, hard, hard retroactively being placed back in. Like Lionel Luther is now connected to this much. So that's an NPC that's really important. Now he's connected to this much larger group and theoretically has been this whole yeah. time right? despite never hearing about it until it was absolutely <laughs> necessary but as ridiculous as that feels when we watch our media that's exactly how we run our games <laughs> and it's more acceptable there uh, mainly because you kind of only have one mind behind the table but just adding that in seems totally natural so
0: well i was gonna say yeah, well, I was gonna say too, like there are websites dedicated to Easter eggs that are in shows. Like we did this back when Lost was on. There was a there was a website, Lostpedia. Um oh, yeah. we would go on there like shortly after like within the next couple days and see like what Easter eggs did they pick out what things should we have noticed in earlier episodes that now are coming back you know and we started watching episodes that way where we were like looking in the background like trying to see everything that was there and being like maybe that's going to come back later or you know maybe it's maybe it's like maybe it's something we've already seen before you know and like every show has those things like it's it's part of regular storytelling and most shows have websites that you can go to or fan made websites where they'll theorize about what Easter eggs are out there. And like, it's just, it's an interesting way to watch shows looking for those things that might be coming next.
2: And you know, the, the Avengers movies, they're all throughout them, whether it be like, Oh, captain America's shield is in Tony Stark's workshop. Uh, There's some screen on the TV in the background. There's something about the Hulk going on, like just the little, hints and tidbits which aren't focused on, but are mm-hmm. tying it all together. Another great one that I really joined actually came to mind as I was thinking about this was uh, uh, Star Wars episode, let's see, five, six, seven, eight. That's the one, episode eight. Um, there's that part where, um, what's it, Finn and Rose are trying to, they, you know, they have to go to the gambling planet, the place with the gambler to try and find the lock pick person. And they end up picking up someone else. Some, yeah, Bene- swindler. Like, Benicio del Toro, I picked him up. I, I actually had to look and I'm like, wait who And he only agrees to go with them if Rose gives him the, bloom. Know, the pendant yeah. that she has, that is, you know, super meaningful to her because it's the other half of her sisters that she lost her. Spoiler. And, but that's it's okay, the only it's been long she, enough. That, it, <laughs> I would assume so. But for her, it's this moment of saying that like, w- our cause is more important than this m- token that I re- mean something to me. And that actually impacts Finn quite a lot of like, no, this is important because he's never had family. So for to see this girl give up something that's, you know, that connection point. And you just think, oh, gosh, this guy, this swindler guy is a real kind of... He's a scummy low guy. life, yeah. just money. Spoilers, he is. But uh, then how he he needed that specifically to get them where they needed to go and then just gives it back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this thing is the, it's exactly the right kind of alloy to short circuit this thing yep. and then just toss it's. That was a great little, it was a short thread, but it tied together and momentarily redeemed him. So you trusted him, which then made the subsequent
0: Betrayal even, yeah, yeah. I thought he was good, then I thought he was bad, then I thought he was good again, then I thought he was bad. Then we
2: knew he was bad. Exactly, once he got, once he took the money and ran, mm-hmm. you knew he was bad. But it, it, regardless of what your opinions are of the movies, that was, an, I thought, an excellent use of uh, pulling those threads together to uh, direct the audience in how to think and how to feel and experience what's going on in the story.
1: Well, there you go. Go watch your favorite show. Go watch Star Wars. Go watch everything you everything you own. It'll work out. All of I it. Promise. Just just
0: watch. Just everything. watch everything. Well, seriously, I mean, in some ways, watch everything with that sort of eye. Like whether you're watching medical dramas or whether you're watching fantasy thrillers. Like, I mean, it's all in there. Every episode.
2: No more uh, what, medical dramas. What was the What was the time travel movie set in a storage shed? Was... In a storage
0: shed? I mean, Hot Tub Time Machine.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Shoot, I, I. Oh, it's gonna kill me! I Is know. it a lower budget one? I don't think so. It was all about like timelines and
0: Back to the time. Future.
2: Definitely, not. <laughs> though that's an interesting one for story. for sure, because they, they cap- go like, through they movies. Yep. On.
1: So there, so there's one called Primer, and Primer. I don't know if that's- oh, oh, my <laughs> yeah. brain. So so it's a lo- so it's a lower budget time time traveling film and it is possibly one of the greatest time traveling films that absolutely out there because it has such a low budget so it's it, it has to rely completely on the story to get the points across um, and yeah the ideas and threads behind that I really don't want to say you don't else,
2: I, yeah we don't want to yeah but go once watch you, Primer once you watch, watch it Primer once again, then it again. look up a spreadsheet because people have made thread spreadsheets of where things are and the time. Well, it's okay, like people still do that with that, Inception,
0: like trying to put it all together. Like,
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the little things, but yeah, Primer. Thank you. My brain just I've not that seen information it, so it's on my to
0: do list to watch that.
1: Oh, absolute Quality. absolute must watch.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, well, there we go. So the final question we have is: Where can people go to find all the things you're doing? What where are they going on this wide wide interwebs?
2: Well, for the time being, I can be found on Twitter's. Uh, I am at Dominic Tuttle, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-T-U-T-T-L-E.
1: Done. Well, there we go. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. But Dominic, thanks for coming on and talking to us about
2: Story Threads. Happy to. Trust me, it's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs)
1: We just want to thank Dominic again for coming on, spending some time with us and sharing their thoughts on how to help weave threads throughout our games. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the others and see fit, head to your podcatcher of choice and find out a way to leave us a rating or review that always helps us battle the evil algorithm, no matter where we may find it. And of course, if You want to follow us, you can always head over to, I say always, but for now you can head over to Twitter and find us at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block, like us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And hopefully you can keep track of what we're doing. And of course, Dungeon Masters block is a proud member of the block party podcast network where you can check out other amazing shows like detentions and dragons, dungeons and dragons and daughters and more. And as always, thank you for listening to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of everyone else at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering.
0: It's not inspiration, it's not wisdom, and it's bad advice.
1: If you feel like your players can't weave threads, take up crochet. It's not helpful, but it might calm you down, I guess.
2: Bye.